Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw. Welcome back to the Vibe Show. And I would love for you to welcome my friend Jody Cohen. Hey Jody. Hey, thanks for having me. So I'm having tech issues today. So rather than looking at your bio, you're an author. Uh, you've coached thousands of people about essential oils. Essential oils is your jam. You own Vibrant Blue Oils. Thank you for the oils that you've sent me over the years. They're really, really quality. Um, what else should we say about your bio, your life's work? My life's work. You know, it's funny. Like uh, they say that everything makes sense in reverse. Like I was um, a journalist, an investigative journalist, and that's actually been really helpful. I'm I'm a little bit like you. I'm a critical thinker, so I like to see what's going on, what works, and then I like to reverse engineer why did that work. And that's really what I've tried to do with my company, Vibrant Blue Oils, and also with this upcoming book essential oils to boost the brain and heal the body. Yeah. I can imagine like, um, being your mom, like that makes no sense. Cause we're pretty much the same age, but like, if I was your mom, I think you'd be like the kid who is just like, well, why about like <laughs> huge, huge, like global issues? Because, you know, you, you were telling me before we got started today, like that you enjoy, I think you, maybe it's somebody else that said, I, I enjoy following you because I'm talking about the big issues. And my obsession isn't with oh my gosh, the news says this today, or are we going to ever get to take these masks off or whatever? It's my obsession is with what, let's go way up to 30,000 foot view. What is actually going on here? Who is doing this? Why are they doing this? What is the long play? Yeah. And then what does this year look like? What does next year look like? What can we expect? How can Mm -hmm. we prepare for those kinds of big questions? And every time since the scamdemic started, Jody, and you know, you're probably not the political conservative I am. I mean, you're from Seattle and you can totally correct me if I have a misconception there. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I didn't know. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't have talked me into believing that I would lose my four closest friends. Yeah. Starting a year ago. My, because they're all political liberals, which I literally never thought about before because it never mattered before. Who cares? I Who thought, cares I thought I was a liberal when I thought that being a liberal meant you were in favor of free speech and medical sovereignty. That's what I support. And what makes me so sad is that, um, you know, we're all fighting with each other. Like it used to be, you can think that, I can think this, and we can still be friends. And why are the political liberals cheering while all the political conservatives lose the right to free speech? Like, don't, don't we want free speech in general or just free speech for the selected group? That's, that's what, I mean, the whole Voltaire quote, which was my favorite quote as a kid, I may not agree with anything you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Um, <laughs> our mutual colleague and friend, Carmen Hunter, told me today that hashtag functional medicine has been disabled. Like, if, the, if that isn't proof positive that the powers that be are trying to destroy us, I don't know what is. It's, it's now- very strange. It's a dead end now. Like they, they literally are trying to eliminate functional medicine. Not that the functional medicine people have really served us well since the scamdemic started anyway. They're get, just jumping right in. You know, now they're offering money to people who will promote the vaccine and as well as silencing people who have something to say about the vaccine that isn't 
glowing and positive and everybody should run out and get it. And this is how we, we end the, this is how we end the scamdemic is getting, getting this second dose. Oh, no, Bill Gates is upselling to a third dose. Maybe a third dose of the vaccine. <laughs> Maybe 70 well, doses of vaccine. Maybe 79 doses of vaccine or just whatever they tell us. How many, how many masks do you think we're going to get to wear? That's what I keep pointing out. It's like, okay, the vaccine is here. So now wear two masks. Like it just, if you're a critical thinker and you're like, that doesn't make sense. That's what is the most upsetting to me is you're not allowed to question. You're not allowed to think. You're not allowed to do independent research anymore. No, and I think that's really important. I think that it's important to notice that we're actually um, turning all the people who ask questions to bad people. We already, like a long time ago, they eliminated curiosity and questioning and looking at both sides of an issue. They already eliminated that in mainstream media a long time before this happened. So they were all very well managed before this happened. But now all those of us who were like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. But anyways, so what I was going to say is that through this whole last year, Jody, if I get a text from you, it's like, it's always going to get the same answer because you'll like ask me a question, a text or a DM or a comment on one of my posts. And I'll always be like, oh, Jody, that's not something I can thumb type. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. ask big, big questions? Big questions. And so you, you, let's, let's go to, um, you know, I had to ask Jody's permission, everyone to, uh, to go there where we're yeah. at. But, um, so Jody's my colleague and she's also my friend. And, um, I believe it was in August, a year and a half ago. A very terrible thing happened to Jody. It's basically most women's worst nightmare. So that has led you to a journey that you would have never chosen and your worst enemy wouldn't have inflicted on you. But it's kind of what brings us here today. And it kind of what caused you to, after you've had this last is it year and a half now, to reflect on it over a year and a half. Um, why, don't you, why don't you go there with us to what yeah. happened? So it was, it's actually been two and a half years. Um, August 27th, 2018, my 12 year old son and his three friends, uh, got in my ex-husband's car to go, um, whitewater rafting on the Eastern side of the state. And on the way there, there was a car accident and, um, my son died on impact and, um, two of the other boys, uh, didn't survive. And, um, like you're saying, you know, it's not, I, it was my worst nightmare. It was the kind of thing that it, I would have thought I couldn't live through it, but I had a surviving child and I knew enough about, um, early childhood trauma to know that she needed uh, a solid adult who could be strong enough to navigate this and show her how, you know, and that was not going to be her father because he actually wound up, um, in prison for, for, for some of his choices as the driver on that day. Um, and so I just, it, it's this interesting surrender point of like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this, but I need to find a way. And so it, it was really, you know, talk about using yourself as a lab rat. Every day I would try different things. And that, at night, as I was kind of falling asleep, I would reverse engineer the day, usually backwards. And it would really stand out like, okay, that was a great choice. That made me feel better. I'm going to keep doing that. Okay, that really made me feel awful. I'm going to avoid that going forward. And so I just kept every day making it up and really trying to refine 
what seemed to help me and what seemed to hurt me. Um, and uh, essential oils obviously were already in my toolkit, but it's interesting, you know, when you go on a long run and your muscle is sore, that's a very different pain than you've just lost your child and you're waking up in the middle of the night overwhelmed by grief. And what surprised me, to be honest, was how how effective they were for kind of those incredibly intense emotional pain moments. And also how, um, you know, different... Like if I put rose oil on my heart, that really seemed to help. If I put it on my wrists, it was more negligible. Like it was so when you're in chronic pain, if something moves the needle and gets you out of it, you're like, okay, that worked. And so I just started noticing and taking notes like, um, you know, this, this really seems to help me. And I think you posted that great quote a while back, you know, of the people who walk out of the flames carrying water for those who are still burning. That kind of became... You know, so many people, when uh, some kind of tragedy befalls them, they feel like it, it has to have meaning. And so they do things that are a little bit negative or fear-based, like, oh, mothers against drunk driving, not not to diminish any of those efforts, but they just have kind of a negative component attached to them and, and a fear component. And I really wanted to find a way to honor Max and to honor his memory in a way that felt positive and supportive to others. If you had to tell us the three greatest things about Max, what would they be? Oh my God. He was such a questioner. <laughs> he was, it, You know, you have four kids. It's exhausting when you have that kid that's always like, but wait, why? And, and when they're smarter than you are and they're like, you're like, that's actually a great question. <laughs> and I'm exhausted right now. And I wish you would just like take my answer and go to bed. But um he was really creative. He was a fantastic artist, like an illustrator. Kids at his school during lunch used to pay him to, um, like draw their portrait. Uh, and he was very observant and incredibly funny. He used humor in a very strategic way to just kind of diffuse tension. You know, his dad and I did not always have the best uh, repertoire. And so he always was kind of a comic relief. That's awesome. I'm sure you miss him very much. What? But when you, when you felt like all those nights when you'd wake up and you would realize, oh, that wasn't a dream that really happened to me. And when I get out of bed this morning, I have to slog through all the grief all day, every day, you know, for those who are dealing with grief. And I think this is very relevant to what we're all going through right now. I mean, anybody who's any level of awake on what's happening to our world right now. And honestly, Jody, I think all the ones who aren't awake, they left my show. (laughs) There's lots of new listeners and a lot of the ones who just want to talk about the latest health book that's out and what's valuable about it. They probably went away. You know, this is the platform where I don't really, you know, you don't really get a lot of feedback on your, on your podcast because you don't like look down in the comments, right? There's no looking down in the comments. Um, so, you know, my guess is because our audience has grown that it's the people who are awake and they're hungry for other people who are connecting the dots for them. So I think there's lots to learn from somebody who's been through intense grief because I wouldn't put my last year of red pilling and my husband and other people holding my ponytail while I throw up because of so many red pills I've had to take the last year as I realize what's really going on here. Yeah, I wouldn't compare that to your situation. Um, I think, I think there are parallels that you can draw. 
And I, I really, you can, you can talk about it though. You tell us what, what you think you learned from your situation that is relevant to what all of us are going through here with our red pills. Well, I think we're indoctrinated to believe that, you know, if you go to school and you do good job at school and you get a good job and you make money and you get married, if you check all the boxes, then you get happily ever after, right? It's like your life is supposed to be a Disney movie. And I did that. And my life was not happily ever after. You know, I think you said like, this was not on my bucket list. This was never on my bucket list. And then you have to kind of, you know, like we, we thought our politicians had the best interest at heart. We thought our doctors saved us. We, we thought that our media told us the truth. Like we didn't realize that we're living in an inversion and everything's like opposite. And to we kind thought, of, we thought this was a deadly virus. We thought they landed on the moon back in the, late sixties, lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of information that we've been misled about. There's a lot of information that we have not been told about. You know, there's, there's so many rabbit holes that you can go down. And I guess what the first response is that you feel like you have no control over anything. You feel incredibly disempowered and that, you know, for someone who, um, I was prone to anxiety before this happened and control was kind of one of my coping mechanisms. So when you realize you have absolutely no control, it's almost like you're put in a tailspin. And so the biggest aha was realizing kind of what is the mechanism of safety in your body? You know, that operating system, your autonomic nervous system that controls your heart rate and your respiratory rate, and actually the chemicals that your body releases when it thinks it's in danger and realizing that you can can manually override that. And you can find a way, no matter what is going on in your house, in the world, you know, even even if things feel completely outside of your control and overwhelming, you can control your response and kind of figuring out, you know, Viktor Frankl, who survived the Holocaust, another horrible experience that no one would wish on anyone. He said, between the stimulus and the response, there is a pause. And in that pause lies your power. And what that means to me for this situation is I see, you know, there was a time period in my early 40s where a lot of the girls I grew up with were getting breast cancer. They were all getting the diagnosis and I called it the cancer water slide. It's like you get the diagnosis and suddenly you have to get surgery tomorrow and you have to make this decision today. You know, and at the time I was supporting them, I was going to all their fundraisers and they had a speaker who she had pre-cancer, which meant she didn't actually have cancer, but there was the possibility that she might get cancer. And she said, they were like, yes, and you have to get the surgery tomorrow. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, why don't they give you time to get like a second opinion or think about it? It's like they put you in this chronic stress state and give you these two, you know, options and that aren't really options and force you to make a decision. And I, I think my biggest aha moment that, that happened to me, you know, there were um, six months after uh, Max died, my, my dad got really sick. He wound up passing away exactly six months to the date after Max. But um, I was actually able to say goodbye to him. He, he went into hospice in my that childhood home that I grew up in. And around that time, there were um, some legal things that were stirring up with these other families and, so I didn't really know prior to this. My yeah, we should we should say because I know what you're talking about, but others listening won't. These other families whose children were also in the accident and were going after your ex husband, I believe, right? 
Yeah, yeah, both in um, a civil and a, a criminal trial. And uh, were there other fatalities in the accident? I know um, there were. Yeah, fatalities. yeah, okay. there were. There were four boys in the car, and only one survived. Oh. Yeah, it was horrific. I mean, like beyond horrible. And and honestly. Um, you know, I really am trying to respect the privacy of these other families. So I'm happy to talk about it from my perspective, but I feel like, uh, I don't really get into their story, but, um, but it was kind of unclear how, how that civil case was going to go, you know, like, were they going to sue me? Was I going to team up with them against my ex-husband who, you know, we, have a surviving child together. It was, it was very complicated and, and confusing and not something I knew how to navigate. You know, what the other thing I didn't realize is that personal injury attorneys are not like your, you know, the attorney that helps you write your will. They, they motivate you in different ways. So this was all heating up as my dad was dying. So this attorney calls me, I'm sitting holding my dad, my dying father's hand. And he basically paints this horrific worst case scenario that never even occurred to me and basically then says, and you have to make a choice right now. You have to do this or that. And I was so overwhelmed. I hung up on him. I didn't know what else to do. Like my heart was exploding out of my chest. You know, this might be my last moment with my father. I picked my dad basically um, and said, I have to call you back, you know, and, and my, I spent time with my dad. He fell asleep and I was still, you know, I'm like, I can't drive. Like I'm a train wreck. So I went and um, I had my parasympathetic oil, which I'll explain. And I went for a walk kind of behind my house in the woods that I, I used to play in when I was a kid. And I could literally feel myself. It's like turning down the volume. Like I was so overwhelmed and, and flooded and, you know, like adrenaline completely coursing through my veins, thinking I was having a panic attack. Um and I'll talk about there's a specific way to use oils to calm a panic attack and to calm anxiety. But basically, you know, when your body thinks it's in danger, either because, you know, there's a lion chasing you down the street or there's some kind of anticipatory stress that relates to finances, relationships, um, you know, your health, all of the above, your body kind of prioritizes that stress. So it upregulates, you know, moving blood flow to your arms and your legs, making your heart beat faster, releasing um, stress hormones like cortisol for energy into your body. And it, it also kind of changes your, your vision and your cognitive function. It's called selective attention. It only allows you to really focus on kind of staying alive in that moment. So when we talk about kind of uh, the cancer water slider forcing you to make a specific decision under stress. It's like every th- all of your creative thinking skills are shut off in that moment. And, and I knew that and I, I recognized, oh my God, this is what's happening. So when you're able to activate your parasympathetic rest, digest, heal nervous system, um, Dr. Stephen Porges wrote the polyvagal theory and talks about how this is critical to social connection. Uh, basically when you're, when you're stressed, your pupils, the black part of your eyes dilate and get very big, you know, big black circles. And that is kind of when you can't take in a variety of information. So when you're able to calm your nervous system, your pupils shrink up. So, you know, if you're trying to have an important conversation with someone, look at their eyes, look at how big, you know, if their pupils are like the size of big black saucers, they're not going to be able to hear you. Mm. So 
um, the on-off switch between these two branches of your nervous system is your vagus nerve. It's the longest nerve in your body that most people have never heard about. And um, quick anatomy lesson, because this is important. It starts at the base of the head, splits, and is most accessible kind of right behind your earlobe. If you feel behind your earlobe, you'll feel that bone. That is your mastoid bone. And that's where I apply essential oils, because even though the vagus nerve winds through like the heart and the lungs and you can do breathing exercises, there was some really interesting research that came out right um, in 2012 when I started my essential oil company that kind of a, um, a pacemaker-like surgical implant was implanted right behind the earlobe on the mastoid bone. And they were using it to electrically stimulate the vagus nerve and found that this stimulation helped shift people into parasympathetic. And the FDA actually has approved this technique for epilepsy, depression, migraines. What I realized early on is that, you know, oils, topical application of oils has been misunderstood. Everyone's looking at kind of the systemic effect. You know, anyone that's like hurt their knee or their elbow and put some kind of anti-inflammatory cream on the knee knows it works immediately on the knee, right? Does it then travel to the low back and help it? No, it's, it's kind of topical. But if you use kind of these topical application points on reflex points, like this vagus nerve point, it does have a systemic effect. It's basically the easiest way to like downshift into that I feel safe place. And when you're able to feel safe, then you're able to activate kind of your higher cognitive function, for example, you can start to look at it and say like, okay, this problem was presented as black and white and very time sensitive. Uh, can I make a decision? Do I need more information? What additional information do I need? Who do I know that might have that information? And you start to see like, wait a minute, this isn't black and white. These are not my only options. There are a lot more pieces of information I can get and I don't need to make this decision tomorrow. I have time. I can get a second opinion. And all of a sudden, when you're not in that back against the wall, stressed out state, you feel better. You feel calmer. You feel safer. You're better able to kind of explore the options that are available to you and make better choices. And that's really the parallel that I see happening right now. I see a lot of people feeling like, oh my God, if I don't take the vaccine, I'll never be able to get on an airplane and I might die. Well, maybe, maybe that's true. Or maybe, you know, there are remedies that seem to help if you get this, you know, virus and, and maybe we don't know, you know, yeah, I, I try to, I try to remind myself of something that I would tell clients who were horribleizing when I was a therapist, I, I remind them, not usually like in an advice kind of way, but more like by asking a few questions so that they arrive at this themselves. That, you know, if we really look at it, um, the worst case scenario rarely happens. Yeah. So we have all these videos and, and I've been one of them out there pointing out what's going on and not doing it to alarm people, but it, but rather to wake people up because not so much now. I'm kind of having an out of body experience a year in now where I literally am sort of floating 30,000 feet above it and taking a look at it from a different perspective and kind of slowly coming to the conclusion that we can't really fight them on their turf. Yeah. And we have to build a separate community. Even if we live in the system and have to deal with the system to a certain extent, we probably um, are going to have to you know, build our own community and our own connections and our own platforms and 
our own ways of making a living because we, you know, we really can't win on their turf. And, but a year ago, I was trying to wake people up because a year ago, my thought was all day, every day, you have to wake people up. They don't see what's going on. And until they do see what's going on, we can't have critical mass to be able to resist any of this what's happening to us. So can we go back because you talked about putting oils on the mastoid bone when you're in, you know, just a, a terrible stressor. And lots of us have felt a lot of stress the past year. So like you're going up under your hair and you're, what do you put, like put it on all of your, um, like eight of your fingers and putting on the mastoid bone and what, and what oils are right for this calming down the sympathetic nervous system that's taken such a beating the last year for all of us. And for sure started with you two and a half years ago, whereas the rest of us might've been a year ago. Yeah. It, it doesn't even need to be a large amount. I literally, I use a, clo- a combination of clove and lime, you know, because clove is um, super stimulatory and there's some interesting research about how long it takes certain oils to get through uh, the dermis layer of the skin. You know, clove typically takes 30 minutes, but when you combine it with something that has smaller molecules like lime, it gets in there faster. You really want, and and if you add um, an oil, a carrier oil, like fractionated coconut oil that's light, what you really want is kind of the quick hit like the fastest way to get these oils into that area. And it's basically acting like an acupuncture needle to stimulate a reflex point. So I give away like the exact recipe in the book of how much clove, how much lime, how much to dilute. But basically what I do is I just put it in a little bottle, put my thumb on the bottom, finger on the top, flip the bottle, whatever amount is on my finger. I just literally reach right behind the earlobe on that bone that is your mastoid bone. And that's where I apply it. You know, and for your listeners that know a lot about oils, they can play with any stimulatory combination they want. The goal is, well, there's a reason I like clove also because it kind of works in a detoxifying capacity. But um, basically the goal is just to use uh, a stimulatory oil like um, an acupuncture needle to trigger that reflux point and kind of activate your parasympathetic nervous system. Okay. So several years ago I was in my sauna and I had filled up my bathtub with ice water. Like I literally put a 20 pound bag of ice in it. And I was, it was just like a new thing that I was doing. I was doing like polar plunges, like in my sauna for 20 minutes and then in the freezing cold water. And then I go back to anyways, one day I did that and I had the thought, um, and I'm sorry for anybody who's heard this story before. If you've been, if you've listened to like every episode, you probably heard this story somewhere, but But um, I had the thought as I walked back down to the sauna, like find the cat and shut the door. Like don't don't let this bathtub, this huge because it was a huge bathtub, you know, full ice water. Don't let this be a hazard for the kitten. And um, I then I spaced off. You know how you think you're going to do something, you walk in the other room, you forget what you're going to do. So I didn't look for the cat. I didn't shut the door, and I went and got in the sauna. And 23 minutes later, I came up and I found my cat drowned in (gasps) there. ice water tub. Yeah. And, and, um, and so I'm talking about my tragedy rather than me just coming back to the max tragedy, because I, I remember that my hearts are racing super fast and you're talking about how we don't make good decisions. We shouldn't, we should stop. we, We have a right to stop the stress is what I'm hearing so far from you. Like hanging up on your attorney. That was a great idea because he was, 
um, so overstimulating your sympathetic nervous system. You can't make good decisions there. And that's the thing, like the cancer doctors want to tell somebody they have cancer and then start going through statistics and start talking about the logistics of when they should come in and start chemotherapy. Like I just, I think that should literally not be in the same conversation. Like I think everybody should get some time between that, or at least, you know, be able to like ask questions and then leave. Yeah. Um, not, and not be hit with that where they get the big wide pupils and cannot possibly be hearing, even understanding what you're saying. Yeah. You're, you're in no shape to make any kind of decision. Right. So I, I, you know, my heart's racing. I'm paying. It's not, it's not just I love my cat, right? It was, yeah. Uh, I actually hadn't had this kitten for all that long, you know, like a month or two. Um, but I knew, but it was my fault, right? Like, so, so that was adding to it. It's like, oh, I did this. I did this and, um, you know, I was, I felt inspired to make sure this didn't happen and I didn't listen and, and this is my fault. And now I have to tell my son. So I, I knew not to take the dead kitten to my son <laughs> who was downstairs watching a movie with, with a girl. Oh yeah. But yeah. I, I did go downstairs with nothing but a towel around me and tell him, which that was weird enough as it was. But then I, 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 I was hyperventilating and I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what to do. And I sat down on the bed and I started tapping. I'm not even a tapper. I'm not like a big tapper, but I know how to do it. Yeah. You know, from interviewing people on the show and from doing it a few times. So I'm literally like, even though my kitten just died and it's my fault, I completely love and accept myself. Tap, 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 tap over and over and over again, taking deep breaths, calming down, you yeah. know, like soothe. So what do people do when they're in this situation? Everybody should have a toolkit and I like to know that. And I'd also, while I'm thinking about it, would love to know, like, when did you get, how long was it that you could even sleep without probably being medicated or at least like putting oil all over yourself? Like, when did you get to a point where you could at least, I mean, I know you still have days where you'll open something of Max's and completely melt down. And of course you will. And probably your whole life. Yeah. But like, was there, is there like a point it gets better? Like, cause that's one of the things in the toolkit to realize, like, I won't be this devastated every day, all day for life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and honestly, um, you answered, you asked a couple questions. So I definitely tap and tapping does the same thing. It kind of act, it stimulates reflex points so that you can kind of calm your nervous system. That's exactly what you're doing with tapping. I actually, I think there's a benefit to layering different modalities. Like, um, when I was overstimulated, I use oils because that engages like smell and sensing. I like to walk. There's something about movement and kind of your eyes move side to side, which is calming when you're moving and tapping. So you basically, you know, with smell, it's usually like three to seven breaths that you can smell something. Oh, I'll, I'll give another tip here. And so, I will so not forget. You're having your essential oils and you just rub them in your palms and you just take them in through the olfactory gland. You just are, are breathing it in. You're well, you can, you can do that. What, here's what I found from clinical practice is that, um, not all application points are the same. So topically applying a stimulatory blend behind your earlobe on your mastoid bone, that works better than just genuinely breathing it in. Smelling things through the left nostril when you're having an anxiety attack. You know, there's a whole branch of chiropractic called functional neurology that's looking at what different regions of the brain do and how to kind of balance them out. So um, our colleague, Titus Chu, who's a functional neurologist, taught me this trick and I use it daily. When you're having an anxiety attack, that is your right frontal lobe that's overactive. And so the way to calm that is to stimulate the left frontal lobe. 
The easiest way to do that is to smell anything, any oil in your house. You know, you can peel a tangerine because the oils live in the peel of citrus fruits. Plug your uh, right nostril with your right thumb and just smell something through your left nostril. That stimulates the left frontal lobe, balances the two hemispheres and calms you down immediately. So that's, that's a strategy. Um, stimulating your vagus nerve does the same thing as tapping. So once you kind of calm down your nervous system, the world looks different. It's not as overwhelming and you can manage, you know, differently. Like the example I share is, um, we've all had days where we're driving and someone cuts us off. And for whatever reason, it doesn't phase us. You know, we're, we're happy. They might be in a hurry. Who cares? Another day, the same situation can happen and four letter words are flying out of your mouth. And the only variable in that situation is you and your resilience in that moment. So the more you can kind of get to a place of resilience, you still feel the grief waves. They still feel horrible and overwhelming, but you're better able, it's almost like you're watching a movie and you can see like, oh, that's triggering. Okay. And and you're not as emotionally tethered to it. So you don't feel, um, oh, one of the other fun things about Max, he was a sensory seeker and he really liked to play in the waves. And I don't know why I was able to get to adulthood without kind of knowing that there are wave playing strategies. I always just assumed that if the wave came, I was going to get tossed around and I didn't have options. Max taught me that you can actually go under the wave. You know, you see the wave coming, you realize this is not going to be a good plan. You hold your breath and you go under. And it's a very pleasant, you know, experience, very easy. And and I kind of look at grief in the same way. The waves are coming and I have choices. And um, it's interesting because I, I don't do well with pharmaceutical drugs. I have a slow liver, which means that things stay in my system too long and they make me feel awful. Um, I have enough doctor friends that showed up at my house with sleeping pills and forced me to take them that first night, which was a terrible choice because I felt horrible. And I'm like, okay, I'm never doing that again. And then, um, feel horrible the whole next day. If you, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, Dr. Christine Schaffner actually showed up with, um, I have a, a good oil for melatonin and she gave me some really good CBD oil. And I was like, this, this is a better choice. I'm, I'm doing this and, um, you know, rescue remedy from Bach flower essences. But it's, uh, I think that when, you know, the first probably three months, it was so intense, like all the time. And I just, I, uh, it was, it was exhausting. Like every little thing felt overwhelming. Um, and someone told me all you really need to do is eat, sleep and move, which I found very, um, helpful because I, I think sometimes when you're in shock and when you're overwhelmed, if people give you like 47 things to do, you really do nothing. You're just paralyzed. But if they say three simple things, eat, sleep, move, you're like, okay, I, I can manage that. You know, sometimes eating felt hard. Um, moving always made me feel better. So I was pretty good with that. And sleep, um, you know, the combination of melatonin, I find melatonin in pills doesn't work for me you know, something about, um, it doesn't pass the blood brain barrier, but oils, uh, actually are small and fat soluble so they can get into the brain and also, um, the sublingual pathway, like under the tongue, just because of, um, your skin is thinner there. So it absorbs faster. 
Um, and also it doesn't have to travel kind of through the digestive pathway and then get into the blood and go to the brain. It goes directly to the brain. That, that felt really helpful. Um, so I think, you know, it's kind of like, how long does it take your kid to ride a bike? They, you have to figure out how to move forward and balance at the same time. And once you get that, you get it. It doesn't mean you don't wobble and fall, but you kind of know your strategy. So it took me about three months to really figure out this is my strategy and I'm sticking to it. So since March of 2020, this show has been taken over by all things related to this giant current event going on. Yeah. So what do you have to share with us? What's in the book that's really, really useful for those of us who are struggling with our new realities? We we have, you know, what is that? Economic, American Economic Institute of something, something, A-E-I-R, I think said last year that 71 to hundred million Americans are going to fall below the poverty line. And I don't, I don't think that most of those people actually would listen to a show like mine. I, you know, not by my intent, but it's mostly upper middle class people and especially women who listen to my show and follow me. Yeah. Um, but even they, you know, the middle class is in is very much in jeopardy here too. And it's the middle class sliding into losing their savings, et cetera, et cetera. So if we have to deal with this and we don't have a lot of control over the actual circumstances, like you didn't two and a half years ago, what, what other strategies, what other strategies should we talk about and what's in the book that's relevant, your new book that's relevant to what's going on right now and how we can sort of help ourselves get, get back in a place of, you know, empowerment, empowerment and enjoying our lives again. We, We have to, yeah. You have to move forward with this. You don't have any other option. Yeah, it's interesting. The book actually correlates perfectly with that question. What I started to realize over time, you know, people would come to me and they'd be super complicated and they'd have all these test results. And what I started to notice was there, there was a pattern. There was a pattern of imbalances in people that had kind of chronic health issues. And so while, you know, their specific data points were interesting, they weren't necessarily relevant to helping them return to health. And the five things are all things that you can do without a ton of money, like from the comfort of your own home. Um, they are helping to get your nervous system in the parasympathetic state. And, and to the point about money, like if people don't want to buy oils, I actually have a free gift at boostthebrainbook.com slash gift. It's just 25 ways to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. And a lot of them are free. And here's the cool thing. You only need to pick one. It's kind of like going to a restaurant and having an intensive menu. You don't need to order everything on the menu. Just find one thing that you start to do and integrate into your life so that when you feel overwhelmed, you basically shift gears so that you have um, you feel safe and you have a better capacity to make good decisions. Um, sleep is the second one. And I try to offer in addition to, you know, really specific essential oil strategies, both for if you have problems falling asleep or if you wake up at different times during the night, what you can do so that you get better sleep. Cause everyone knows when you sleep better, you feel better, you heal quicker. You know, it's when your brain detoxifies and cleans house. Um, the third strategy has to do with kind of your core competency detox and drainage and making sure that the garbage leaves the body. So, you know, you're not just mobilizing toxins, but it actually travels from the cell to the lymph, to the blood, 
to the liver, to the gallbladder, to the gut, to the toilet and, and leaves and doesn't get recirculated. Um, and oils are great for that because that's really their kind of core competency is helping to move uh, fluids in a specific direction. Um, the fourth thing really has to do with energy and stress and weight and kind of everything that we're going through and how I think even understanding, like when I used to see clients, I would recognize that if I explained to them why something worked, you know, like I worked with kids and if I could say like, okay, you love baseball and you really want to be faster, you know, if we can actually get the building blocks, the good things into your body, you'll be faster. And then they were like, oh, and then they take the supplement because they understood the benefit. So I really try to explain what's going on with your um, energy and how you can really enhance that. And then finally, immune modulation, which is so critical right now. You know, I, I joke that, um, you know, the three little pigs, the big bad wolf didn't blow down all the houses. If you could build your house out of bricks, it doesn't really matter what's coming at you. And with this current viral threat, the issue seems to be permeating the lung barrier. You know, it starts in the lungs and if it gets through the lung barrier, then it can get into the body and cause cytokine storm, systemic inflammation. So um, cypress essential oil, which is not a super expensive one, that's a really good one to put on your chest so that it kind of strengthens the lung barrier and makes sure that um, the bad things don't get in. Super interesting. So the book's out, right? Tell us what the name of it is, where people can get it and where they can find you online to follow you. Thank you. The book is Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. It's available everywhere books are sold. And if you go to boostthebrainbook.com slash gift, we'll give you some free gifts with purchase. People can find me at Vibrant Blue Oils. If you email us at info at Vibrant Blue Oils, we try to get back to you in 24 hours if you had any kind of questions or, or follow-up issues. And a lot of what I've talked about, we have I've been writing blogs for almost 10 years. So there's a lot of information there. Well, I've seen the very rich character development happen in you in the last two and a half years, Jody. I don't know if anyone said this to you, but you've become much more grounded. And, um, you know, and it's not that what happened two and a half years ago is good. It's that um, good things happen to us as we struggle through stuff. And we all, yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody gets to 50. I said this before on the show, I don't think anybody gets to 50 without big, huge things happening to them. I mean, we got the bubble burst a long time ago with the whole, if I do this, 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 and this, then I get a happy life, right? And I'm successful, yeah. right? Then <laughs> go well, right? Like, all, the, all the Disney movies end at the wedding. It's <laughs> <You know? laughs> so true. That's a really good point. But, but yeah, so I love to explore with people um, what, what those um, things are that taught them the most. And I know the loss of Max... Um, has probably taught you more than anything to your, to date in your life. And so in addition to your professional work and your advocacy for using natural substances instead of pharmaceuticals, and now I know a little bit more about why pharmaceuticals don't even really work on you. Oh, they're, they're too, horrible. <laughs> yeah, too, too punishing to even want to do them almost no matter yeah. what. Um, and so that probably mot motivates you. But honestly, besides your professional experience, your um, life experience makes you um, an even more uh, valuable asset to the rest of us as we navigate life right now. And so I just want to thank you for that. Everybody hopefully will go get your book and learn from everything that you've learned. And thank you so, so much for being with us today. 
Oh my God. And thank you. And thanks for being so brave about really, you know, digging below the surface and sharing that with everyone. My pleasure. 